I bring the word of God today. <laughs> it's the word that we have, for, when we started the boot camp, we have been talking about here and there, there and there and there. We talk about it even more last Wednesday. For those of us who were on the platform, you know more. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about self-control. 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 Actually, I've put it down a long time, even before the boot camp. And what happened is every time the, um, the Spirit gives me something to study about and do, I do it, and I do it little by little. And as we go along, you see that more is coming, other people will be speaking about it, and then, then it will be concluded. And that's what has really happened. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. You have the, this thing, put that one on there for me. <clears throat> uh, not the, not the definition. You, you don't have the caption, the, uh, that one, that's the one I'm talking about. That's right. The Bible is full of scriptures about self-control. Sometimes it is called self-discipline. Sometimes it's called temperance. So what I have done, this is the teaching, said I've gone through the scriptures to look for all those areas that the Bible talks about self-control or temperance or self-discipline and bring it into one focus. That is the actual, that's the meaning of teaching anyway. Amen. And what I found out is the two main characters, the two main giants of the Bible, the New Testament, who have given us enough revelation or directed us enough, they all talk about it. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Apostle Peter and Apostle Paul. They all mention that self-control thing in the New Testament. Pastor, I've just read what Apostle Peter said, but are we going to read it again? And I'm going to read it from... So let's put, put on 2 Peter chapter 1, verse... I will start from 2 to 9. 2 Peter... Because I like quoting this scripture, and I think so many people also like quoting this scripture. When they quote, I like quoting the, 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 the verse 3, which is, his divine power has given everything pertaining to life and godliness. But we leave what is down there. You know, all that we need to grab is, his divine power has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Things that pertaining to life in this world, he has given you, his divine power has given you. Things that pertaining to godliness, his divine power has given you. But what is the rest, we don't quote. So I'm quoting, uh, let's start from verse 2, please. It says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. For his divine power, God's divine power, has given us everything required in, uh, in uh, the proper read, the proper, uh, everything pertaining. But I like this, fine. Everything required for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who 
through the name of Jesus Christ, who has called us by his own glory and goodness. By this, he has given us every great and precious promises. The knowledge of everything pertaining to life and God is through the promises. Promises in the Bible. Precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. Five. For this very reason, this is where we, we leave it. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with what? Goodness. Goodness with what? Knowledge. Knowledge and with what? Self-control. Self-control with what? Endurance. Endurance with what? Godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, abounding, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nine, the person who likes these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. If you lack this, and one of the, this we say the graces, yeah, the eight graces, and self-control is mentioned in there. So if you lack self-control, you are short-sighted, myopia. You can't see far. You can't see the promises. The promises that has given you, you can't even see them because you love self-control. Everything is what? Hurry, hurry, hurry. And there's no self-control. That's what he's saying here. You are short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. This is very, very, very hard to take. But we need to take it. Amen. Hallelujah. And then let's see what Apostle Paul also said. I think that one we, all, we most of us know already because we know Galatians 5.22 already. We, and it's been preached here already also. So let's see. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Finish. Kaput. If the Spirit in you bears this fruit, finish. That's what we require. So you see that the two big apostles, Apostle Paul is apostle to the Gentiles, like me, you and I. And Apostle Peter is apostle to what? The Jews. Both of them mention self-control. It's something we need to practice and exercise and add on, develop. So the question is, what is self-control? The question is, what is self-control? Now I've got two definitions here. Let, let's see the slide one, the first definition. That's the dictionary one. The ability to control one's emotions and desires, especially in a difficult situation. So self-control is actually measured on emotions and desires, especially in a difficult 
situation. And let's look at the two, then I'll, I'll, I'll come to expand it. This slide two. This is the definition from the psychologist. Apparently, when I was studying, psychologists have written a lot about self-control. A lot of books about self-control. And all of them, they pick all their definitions and put these two as the best of all. So the first one is ability to control behaviors in order to avoid temptation and achieve goals. They are not Christians. They're psychologists. But they are talking in the, uh, what do you call, in, in the word of the Bible. And the second one, is, and I like that one, ability to delay gratification and resist unwanted behaviors. Ability to delay gratification. I remember very well, uh, Brother Peter, and I will never forget what the illustration that you did. Brother Peter came here, he made a tape, long tape. And he said, so if our lifespan, let's say, let's say 100% of the tape, you have about 20 to 30% of your life as a beginning, as a beginner, to develop your life. So you delay gratifications and, the, and achieve a goal, and the rest 70% of your life will be joyous for you. That's what Brother Peter said some time ago to the children when they were coming up. And I'll, I'll talk about it more when we come. So ability to delay gratification and resist unwanted behaviors. And when it comes, uh, uh, I will come back to that. Now, so can you put the, uh, the, the, the first uh, uh, thing on uh, the, the self-control picture for me? That's right. So I'm looking for the image of self-control. We're still in a boot camp. We're still in the boot camp because every soldier has to learn self-control. And as soldiers of Christ, we have to learn self-control. He says, stop what you are about to do or say. Think about your choices and do what will please God. So I will, I will do this in two areas, in what you're about to do and what you're about to say. I won't do what you're about to say today, this week. I will do more of what you're about to do this week. And another time when I get the opportunity, I'll, do, I'll talk about what you're about to stay, say. So stop what you're about to do. Think about your choices and do what will please God. That's the essence of the whole thing. Now, this is very important. Why is this called self-control? The reason is it harbors around emotions and behavior or desires. And you cannot eliminate emotions and desires from you. You cannot. You cannot stop them. It's in emotions that you cannot. Who can eliminate anger? Who? Show your hand. Who if you can eliminate anger? Nobody can eliminate anger. <laughs> but you can limit it. You can control it. So that's why it's called self-control. It, it, it harbors on emotions and, behave, and, 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 and desires which you cannot eliminate from you. At best, they will be dormant, like volcano. Something happens, it erupts. <laughs> At best, the anger can become righteous anger. 
cannot eliminate it. Other, other directions in the Bible, they say stop. Stop completely. Eliminate it. Especially, let, let's, let's see some of the examples. Ephesians 4, 28. I, I read, don't, don't put it there. It said, let him who stole steal no more, but rather what? Work. So if you are stealing, they say stop. You don't steal no. They don't say limit the stealing. <laughs> or control the stealing. It's not emotion. <laughs> you can't stop it. Stop it. And find work to do. Or to do something. Now, they said, Philippians 4 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God. It didn't say limit your anxiety. They just stop anxiety and put the request word to God. Do not love the word. First John, he said, they don't say limit the loving of the word. They said, do not. So, and they said, do not lie. They said, don't limit your lying. Don't, don't turn big lie to uh, white lie or small lie. No, it says stop lying. That's not okay. They don't say, oh, kill a little bit. Or, no, no. But when it comes to emotions and things, they said, control it. Because you cannot eliminate it. That's why it's called self-control, self-discipline, or temperance, moderation. Now, I am today I'm going to, I said, like I said, I'm going to talk about uh, what you uh, stop a minute and about what you're about to do and think of the choices. Yeah. So the first one the first one that I will take is anger. Anger. Which kills every one of us. Anger. Anger. And I will read four scriptures. And then, and then I'll read four scriptures and then we'll talk about it. We, we, we all talk about it as, 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 as Wednesday's one, as the Wednesday one. <laughs> Hallelujah. The first scripture is Proverbs 16, 32. Proverbs 16, 32. This one, I would like to put it there, but I would like to read it from the amplifier. Proverbs 16, 32. He said, he who is slow to anger is better and more honorable than the mighty soldier. Mm. He who is slow to anger is better and more honorable than the mighty soldier. And he who rules and controls his own spirit than he who captures a city. If you control, you're able to control your own spirit and rule by it, you are better than one who captures the city. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Same Proverbs 15, 18. It says, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger and patient calms disputes. Proverbs 22, 24. He said, 22, 24. 
Yeah, he said, do not even associate with a man given to angry at best. Do not even associate with that person. Or go along with a hot-tempered man. Or you will learn his undisciplined, undisciplined ways. And you get yourself trapped in a situation from which it is hard to escape. Do not even associate with such people. He didn't say those who just get angry. No, because that's what we're going to talk about. But hot-tempered. Those who do not allow the anger to go down. Now, the one, I read the Ephesians 1, which most of us will know, Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Then we'll, then we'll talk about this. You see? The Bible is self-confirming. It says, be angry and do nothing. <laughs> That's why I say you cannot eliminate anger. You cannot. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Now let's talk about it. We have said, we have said this here, Pastor repeated several times, Anger is in everybody. If somebody steps on your toe and you say, they make me angry. No, 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 no. They didn't make you angry. The anger that is there has been revealed. It's there already. It has been revealed. Some will be small. Some will be mighty or medium. It's been revealed for you to work on it. They didn't make you angry. Is there a volcano? Is it erupting? So somebody does something to you, whether a stranger, whether something, whether a lady, whether a family member, and you hold it all the time against them. The Bible says, you are giving the devil an opportunity to rule. I'm going to read that in uh, uh, Amplifier. Uh, what was it? Uh, Ephesians. Yes, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. So Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And, he's also, and also, the Bible also said in Matthew, he said, Romans 12, 18, he said, if possible, depending on you, the onus is on you. It's not on the person who, what do you call, <laughs> hurt you. That's right. The onus is on you. So you cannot hold people's mistakes, people's things, and call them. You can, you, you can justify by calling them every name that you want 
you know what they've done. This, then, this, then, this. Some of them, oh, you haven't seen it before. This thing, abomination. You can justify it whatever you want. The onus is on you to make peace. Ephesians 4.26 said, be angry at sin, morality, or injustice, at ungodly behavior. Yet, do not sin. Do not your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by hold, by, this is where I like, by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. <laughs> yes, I, I, when I read it, I love it. Yeah. Is that 26? Is that 20, verse 27? I said, Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. Because if you don't try to sort out your this thing with somebody, this is what is going to happen. Bitterness, cultivating bitterness, resentment, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, and all this thing is leading you to sin. I'm not saying this. The Bible is saying this. Once upon a time, when I was saying this uh, uh, Wednesday, I think I did say that uh, I, I was, once upon a time, I, I was a person who get angry quickly. And my after that, my daughter... Little one came and said, Daddy, you said it right, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you have changed now. <laughs> I said, it's true. <laughs> because I knew where I came from. In this morning, I would jump at you. But the word of God and then the Holy Spirit inside, it will come to that when we come to how to, you know, help. Have calmed me down. But it hasn't gone, oh. I'm controlling. It's Volcano. It's Volcano. What did we call it in geography? The, 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 the subtle one. What's that? The Volcano that is lying down low. Dormant. Dormant. That's the word. Dormant. It's dormant. There are so many places in Japan and they say, the volcano has been dormant for 20 years. <laughs> and people have started building their houses around there. <laughs> and one day, <laughs> The only way is to limit it, control it. They have been gone because you cannot eliminate it. <laughs> so the first one is the rushing in the face of provocation and that is one of them is anger rushing in the face of provocation when people provocate you what is your reaction you say they make me angry no they have revealed the anger there deal with it the second one that I'm going to talk about is behavior 
in the face of sexual immorality or seduction. The Bible talks about it a lot. Self-control in that area. And by this, I'm not talking about anybody. I don't know anybody, but I'm talking Bible here. So we must have self-control in areas and environment that we can be, that we can lead us to seduction. We must self especially like the youth, I'm addressing you. You are dating. It's allowed. Because if you don't date, you don't even know who you, your partner are. So it's allowed. Courtship is allowed. But there's a self-control somewhere there. You don't go into the dark places. You don't, you know, yeah. You don't allow, you said, they will say that, oh, and one thing lead to another. Don't let the one thing come in the first place. <laughs> Don't let that one thing, because one thing will lead to another, another, another. Don't let it come in the first place. Stay in the places you're dating. You go to restaurant, you go to cinema, that's fine. You go home. Stay in the life. And we the adults as well. Involve. You flick something and maybe uh, somebody in the picture come on your tele reviewed and this thing. Instead of running away or running away, oh let me watch it again. Let me watch it. <laughs> again, again, again will <laughs> As a leader. Somebody has come to you, especially a, a, a leader, a, a, a male leader, and a female leader has come, a, a female uh, uh, what you call member has come to you, emotional problems. You don't stay with them alone. Emotional problems. <laughs> yeah, Pastor. If it's not possible. Do it with a, a female member as well. Either your wife or a, a seasoned uh, uh, elder, deaconess in the church. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you allow Satan to tempt you? Because when people have emotional problems, that's why they are crying, oh, sorry, 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 and they're touching. Let's see what the Bible says. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. Verses 3 to For this is the will of God that you be sanctified, separated, and set apart from sin. That you abstain and back away from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to control his own body. His or her own body. 
in holiness. Control, know how to learn to control your body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose and separated from the things profane. Not to be used in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. Learn how to control your body. Learn how to control your emotions in that state. Let's read. You see, we can, we, when we say this, yeah, we think maybe uh, learn to control your body from maybe strangers or people who are not in the church. But the Bible also says that even people who are in the church. See, 1 Corinthians, let me see, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Uh, actually, I, I haven't. I have seen it, but I haven't taken notice of this uh, 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 this thing. But let's see. When I when I saw it yesterday, it said, mm, even before in the church, you. <laughs> First Corinthians, chapter five, verse nine. He said, "Let me see the time." Five, verse nine. He said. Is it First Corinthians chapter five, verse nine? Uh -huh. Okay, nine. I wrote to you in my previous letter, not to associate with sexual immoral people. Then he said, not meaning the immoral people of this world, not the people of outside, or the greedy ones and strangers or idolaters. For them, you would have to get out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and to get them. But actually, I have written to you not to associate with any so-called Christian brother or sister if you're sexually immoral or greedy. He's talking about the people in the church. There's suggestion in the church as well. You don't associate with such people. Don't give them the chance, a foothold. Control yourself. Do you know that in, in, in certain cases, you have to run away? The Bible says it. Yeah. In certain cases, you have to run away. Put the First Corinthians 6, verse 18 for us. You see, when they were saying, he was, he was saying, put, put all your armor in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Verse 14 says, And having done all what? To stand. Stand therefore and see the glory of God. When it comes to sexual immorality, they say, Don't stand, no. <laughs> free from sexual immorality. Now, this is a free, yeah? Okay, let's go to Amplifier. Let me. <laughs> for the, <laughs> 6 verse 18. Amplifier. 6 18. He said, Run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thoughts or behavior, whether visual or written. Yeah? Hmm? 
Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the one who is sexual immoral sins against his own body. That is the only sin that you sin against your own body. So the Bible says, run away. This is why he said, don't stand and see the glory of God. <laughs> run away. Run away. You say, I challenge you in the name of the Lord. You put on this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Before you finish your sentence, you're on the floor. <laughs> run away. <laughs> now, let's look at the third one. Behaviors in the face of excesses, excesses, indulgences, indulgences. Behaviors in the face of excesses, indulgences. Let's look at Luke 21. Oh. Not 21. Oh, God. I've, I've forgotten the. Uh, I think so. Luke 21. I think so, yeah. Luke 21. I believe so. Luke 21. Uh, 34, verse 34, please. Ah, that's the right one. Yes. And uh, I, I, I'll read from uh, Amplifier. We are talking about indulgences, food and drinking. Here, we are talking about food and drinking. So Luke 21, verse 34. He said, be on your guard. Be on your guard. Be on your guard means be aware. Have self-control. So that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with giddiness of debauchery. Debauchery means uh, wine drinking. Debauchery. That's, uh, be on your guard so that your minds are not dull from carousing drunkenness. And worries of life, or that they make. Okay, debauchery and the nausea of self indulgence, nausea of self indulgence, and the worldly worries of life, that they then life, and then that day when the Messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap. Yes. So it's talking about debauchery, that excessive drinking. And then nausea of self-indulgence. Here, it, it, it's, it's about food, actually. You see, I have stood here before and I said that I cannot say a word that I cannot, uh, what you call, produce in the Bible or guarantee in the Bible or uh, uh, vouch in the Bible. So I will, I will not stand here and say that the Bible says don't drink or, you know, and I think we have shared it one night someday when we did something. But there are so many places in the Bible that talk about drinking. Drinking alcohol, excessive wine, excessive alcohol. It leads you to sin. It's addictive. 
So you must exercise self-control in doing that and in eating, growth on it. If it will be, cause a problem, then abstain from it. Abstinence, total abstinence. That is the best. But I'm not saying the Bible says that abstain from it. You, you get me? There are so many warnings that tells you that it will lead you to sin. Let's read Proverbs 23, verse 20. Proverbs 23, verse 20. Don't associate with those who drink too much wine or with those who gorge themselves on meat. So here is the food and then the drinking. Don't associate with them. In the, this one, he said, Grutoni. <laughs> I said, Grutoni. Don't associate with them at all. The reason is excessive alcohol will lead you to sin. And the things that you don't want to do is what you will do. I think we all know that. In the book of Timothy, first, book of Timothy, chapter 3, verse 8, he said, elders and church leaders, they, when, 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 they were, when they were, they must be people who are not addicted to what, so much what? Wine. So the emphasis is on them so much. But everybody, they say, somebody will say, I have my limit, and this and this. So, I don't know. But if it will cause a problem, please abstain from it. But if you are able to control it, it's, 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 it's fine. It's up to you. I won't stand here and say that don't at all. Because nowhere, did, in all the scriptures that we read, nowhere did he say don't. He said much, much, much. All the time he said control. Hallelujah. Now, I will leave. There's another area that I wanted to touch, but I'll leave that one to next time when I come. And I, that is the area of uh, moderation, dressing moderately. I'll leave that one and to, together with uh, 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 what you say, stop what you're about to say. I'll leave that. I'll, I'll, I'll do them together. So what I'll do now is, so we have been studying the boot camp series. And as a soldier, natural soldier, and then we are the soldiers of Christ. So what the Bible is telling us that, or what I'm talking about, the self-control here is, uh, we can't be angry continuously and forever. We can't. That means you are out of that. You are out of the Bible. You are out of, somewhere he said even you are not a Christian. You are holding something against somebody who has done some mistake, and we all do mistakes. They have apologized. Please, let the Bible speak as a child of God. You cannot be sexually immoral all the time. You cannot. 
You cannot indulge in excesses, food and alcohol. You cannot. We, I mean, the boot camp, we have likened ourselves to uh, what you call natural soldier. A natural soldier cannot be angry at any time. When we get to where we see the, uh, what you call the opponent or the, uh, so that way you are shooting. Your commander hasn't given you any instructions. Because you are angry, you see a German. So you are going to get, you cannot do that. But Paul also likened us to an athlete. Paul also likened us to an athlete. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. First Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 24 to 27. Okay. So, do you not know that the runners in a stadium all race, all run, but only one receive the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Yes, continue, please. Now, everyone who computes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do not receive a perishable crown, but an imperishable one. Praise God. Therefore, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or boss like one who beats the air. Go on, please. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under straight control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. It's a very good mm, glory. When he said people run in race, one win, uh, one is the winner, doesn't mean that we all cannot run. What he's talking about is the crown. The crown. You see, don't say, oh, I'll do anything, uh, and then I call the name of Jesus and I go to heaven. There are rewards. When we read the Amplify, 1 Corinthians chapter, was it 9? Yes. Chapter 9, verse 24. I'll start from 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? They are very best to win, but only one received the prize. Be, long time ago, I thought that, oh, so only one received the prize. So what, what, are, what are we all? <laughs> but that's what, that's what Paul is saying. Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Run the way that you think you will receive that prize. Not every athlete who goes into training or competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that is with, a crown that is with us. All the athletes, they, 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 they go in to receive a crown, like a shield or whatever, but that with us. But he said, but we do not receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Yeah? We do receive imperishable crown. 
there's a crown for us. A story is told of, uh, I think I shared it some here, long time ago here. A pastor who went to heaven and then he was met by Apostle Paul and showing him where he will live. He said, uh, the scripture says, in my father's house there are many mansions. So he was showing him where he will live. So they were going, and then the road was paved with gold and everything nice. And he saw the first house. Gold, nice. They say, whose house is this? Oh, Apostle Peter. Said, mm -hmm. <laughs> then he, he went a lot, a little bit. Nice. And then they show him, another, he saw another silver house. Very beautiful. He said, whose house is this? Oh, he said, oh that, that person is a member of your church. Uh, 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 Sister, sister, so and so. Sister Mary. He said, oh, sister Mary. So then he, he flapped his muzzle. He thinks he think sister Mary has got that, so he's going to get a gold one. <laughs> he went there, and then Apostle Paul said, this is your place. He saw it is a clay, mad one, with a hat. <laughs> he said, what? Apostle Paul said, but these are the materials that you brought when we were on earth. These are the materials that you brought to us, and we are built that for you. So the materials that you bring is what you get. So run the race that you are received crown. There are so many crowns. He said when, after that he has received the crown of righteousness. There are so many crowns in the Bible. Run the race that, that you will receive the crown. Praise God. And I've written here there's nothing wrong with food or drink, or having fun. But if they interfere with your highest goal of getting the crown, as a, as a, soldier, or army of God, as a soldier in the army of God, then they are hindrances and must be limited or controlled. That's all. If those things will hinder your highest goal, then they got to be controlled as a soldier of Christ. Hallelujah. So we are going to conclude. So we're going to see then how can we exercise self-control? How can we exercise self-control? I think we have, we talked about some of them last Sunday, uh, Wednesday. And I remember that I said these are the things that I was going to talk about today. And last Wednesday, either Sister Adisa or Sister Eru, one of them gave a very, very apt answer, very good answer. When pastor asked the question, he asked so, some question, I forgot the question, but then the person said, um, it depends on your weakness. I think, I don't know, I don't, this is our sister, one of them. And it was a perfect answer. So, how do we exercise self-control? The first step is to identify the area that you need exercise. That's the first thing. If you cannot identify the area that you need help, you are finished. If you say it's oh, one of them, one of them, oh, for me, that's what they were doing in my village. That's what they were doing a long time. You are in a wrong place. Your village is not here. You see? The Bible keeps on saying, examine yourself. In the examination that you identify your problem. So that's why I said, I say, if somebody steps on your toe and you erupt, is that they, they haven't made you angry? It has been revealed. 
and you say, God, help me. This is my area of weakness. Because that's where you are examining yourself. You got to examine yourself and know your weakness. If your weakness is uh, uh, sexual immorality, you got to know where to go and where not to go. And you got to, you know, if you are, is anger, you got to, you know, you got to be wary about it. So the first step is to identify your area of weakness. And this you do by examining yourself daily with the word of God. That may mean that somebody will step on your toes. That also may mean that somebody might try to seduce you. That also may mean that the, all these things must occur for you to know that you have a problem. All these things should occur for you to know that they have a problem. How do you know that you have the problem? So after identifying your problem, the second step is accept it and be on your guard. I mean, accepting it doesn't mean that, oh, I accepted it, so you, you are sitting there. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. The, the, realizing that that is your problem. And then be on your guard. So that every time you are going somewhere, you know that uh, you, you are prone to sexual immorality. Don't go into the dark. Yes. Don't go where, you know. That's right. Escape. Run. Yeah. So, accept it, own it up, own it up, be aware of it, and then, and then guard yourself. And the third one is pray continuously. Pray continuously. In Matthew 26, verse 40, Jesus said, watch and pray. Pray continuously. The watch means be on guard, and then pray continuously. Be on guard, be alert about your problem, and then pray continuously. And in, pray, in prayer, that's the fourth step. You use the word of God and call on the Holy Spirit all the time. Remember, Holy Spirit is there to help us. There is nothing that we can do on our own strength. You need the Holy Spirit. That's why he lives inside us. That's why it is he who helps us to bring out that fruit of self-control. You call upon him. This is my problem. It's not only when, you, when you've lost something and say, Holy Spirit, where is this? <laughs> you, you call on him. This is where my area of weakness. This is where I need help. Help me. I'm praying over it. I'm using the word of God. I'm listening to uh, what people are saying. Help me. And I'm, I believe, I strongly believe that you will limit those weaknesses. Because like I said, there was a time I was erupting like a volcano. Now it's dormant. And I'm aware of it. Anything, I'll push it down with the word of God. May God bless you.